Hey everybody, welcome to Miscast Commentary, a coming attractions episode. I am Joe Finley, Todd Tebow, the Sailor Murray is at sea. We're going to have to do this one without him. A lot to talk about actually this week. I've been uh, doing some looking around and I've been a busy guy myself, so uh, let's get right to it. The first thing I want to talk about, uh, my own YouTube channel, Miscast Joe, I just uh, released a new video uh, where I did a review for a new uh, USB microphone, the Epos B20 streaming microphone. Uh, you can go check that out there, or you can check out uh, the written article that I did for uh, CGM. That's at cgmagonline.com. I'll leave the links uh, below for the YouTube as well as in the show notes for the uh, audio podcast. Uh, you should go check it out, though. I, I've been enjoying doing that stuff, and I've been making more and more videos lately, and hopefully you guys uh, get a kick out of it. Uh, also, more of me, in case you haven't uh, gotten enough. Yeesh. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be on uh, Dueling Decades next week. If you go to the Dueling Decades YouTube channel, uh, they release the whole episode as rounds each day. So from Wednesday for five straight days, you'll get a brand new episode that's between 15, 20 minutes, thereabouts. Uh, and we cover all the, you know, the best of movies, TV, music, hot products, and news uh, for our given years. Uh, my upcoming one, I'm doing 1977. I always find the 70s a real challenge. Uh, but the band Rivals is the uh, special guest judge for that one, so you can go check that out there. And again, if you don't watch the YouTube, uh, wherever podcasts are listened to, you can go listen to it there in its entirety. A little bit of movie news. Uh, Harrison Ford got hurt on the set of Indiana Jones 5. Uh, he hurt his shoulder rehearsing a fight scene. It's really funny because I was doing some reading on uh, Temple of Doom where a very similar thing happened, actually. He hurt his back really bad shooting a fight scene in Temple of Doom, and he actually had to go get surgery for, I think it was a slipped disc in his back, and he had to, yeah, he was evacuated, and they shot without him uh, for a while, and they actually used a stunt double who looked identical to him uh, so basically they didn't even like, they didn't have to cover his face or do any of those silly kind of stand in shots. They just, you know, from a little bit further away, they just went ahead and, uh, I defy you to find where it is. You'll probably find it. You're smart. You're smart peoples. Uh, but yeah, that was an interesting one. So that's, uh, the, it's going to be slightly reworked the schedule, but I don't think it's going to cause some kind of gigantic delay, especially with the delays we've, you know, everything was delayed a year. So, I mean, any delay that that's going to cause is going to be really minimal. Uh, and we're going to be getting so many movies because of that year and a half delay that it's not really going to matter anyways. So there you go. Let the man heal. He's not young. Uh, I want to talk about some trailers today, though. Uh, we got a couple of new trailers that came out, and I thought I would react to them on here while we were uh, just kind of doing this live. It's just us. The first one we got is the full trailer for Halloween Kills uh, that just came out, and I am jacked for this one. Really looking forward to seeing it. I enjoyed the last one uh, very much. It had more of a similar feel to the original uh it was still it was still different enough because it's new and it's whatever, but it felt more like the original than like the Rob Zombie ones did or something like that. It, it gave me that vibe, not just because Jamie Lee Curtis was there, but Jamie Lee Curtis was a little bit of a Linda Hamilton in this one, you know, being all kind of doomsday preppy or what have you. But uh, 
No, it was really good. So I'm looking forward to this next one. It's supposed to be brutal. So let us give it a listen. The house is on fire. I love that line in the movie. I can't see you! Take my hand now! Get in there! Grab my hand! Ah! I saw Michael's hand. It's like the Undertaker no-selling everything. Oh my god! My grandmother was right. God bless you, Blumhouse. It's over. We can't hurt anyone ever again. No one told you. Told me what? Somebody in there? Michael Myers is alive. Stop! You had a knife in your stomach. You and Allison should not have to keep running. Evil dies tonight. I'm not just going to sit and watch another innocent person die. If you track Michael's victims, that's a straight line to Michael's childhood home. What do we do? We fight. Let's hunt him down. Michael Myers is flesh and blood. But a man couldn't have survived that fire. The more he kills, the more he transcends. Run! Go home now! He's the essence of evil. Are they giving away all the kills in this? Do it. Do it! You want your mask? Come and get it! I'm coming for you, Michael. All right. Let us talk about that. Holy shit, that was cool. <laughs> um, now, that one's a different vibe. Uh, it kind of starts the way that the original Halloween 2 starts, uh, which is really weird to say the original Halloween 2. Uh, but <laughs> this seeing as this is the third Halloween 2. Uh, but, oh, man. Uh, starts in the hospital and ends with kind of uh, like a Frankenstein-style mob, I guess? That was pretty badass. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, I don't know if... This has got to mean that this is their intention to, like, end it. It it has that kind of uh, feeling behind it. So I'm... It was really cool. I really hope that they didn't, like, spoil every kill, though. Because I think, like, there was, like, 30 people who got killed in that trailer. And seeing as it's only two and a half minutes long, uh, either this thing is going to be, like, just the song, let the bodies hit the floor, is going to be on the entire time. Or, uh, yeah, or everybody will walk away disappointed because they saw everything in this tiny trailer. Shit. Well, that uh, leaves uh, the next trailer 
a little like a little bit of a high bar. I wanted to talk about the Shang Chi trailer, uh, which is that full trailer is out now, and uh, let's see how many bodies fall in that one. Let's give that one a listen. Throughout my life, the, the Ten Rings gave our family power. If you want them to be yours one day, you have to show me you are strong enough to carry them. It's interesting because the Mandarin had like rings, if I'm not mistaken, and these are like you bracelets. Are of all who came before you, the legacy of your family. You are your mother, and whether you like it or not, you are also your father. I'm feeling like a part Black Panther, part Doctor Strange. Glad I was right. Simulu, Canadian. He's just a criminal who murders people. Be careful how you speak to me, boy. They look pretty cool. The rings look very routed in. Yes. Again, feel a little Black Panther-ish. Start a new life. But I could never escape his shadow. I am. My son, you can't run from your past. How was that? You got this. Is that abomination? Thank you. That legitimately looked like abomination at the end of that. That was weird. Uh, now that looked cool. It has. It's so deeply rooted in uh, what we know. Uh, you know, like I said, a little bit of Black Panther, a little bit of Doctor Strange, a little bit of Iron Man. Uh, so good you, to kind of evoke those feelings in a movie that, you know, is introducing a new character to us and stuff like that. Um, the humor that Aquafina is going to bring to it too is going to be important because, again, like that was the thing that really... I don't want to say saved Guardians of the Galaxy because I don't think that it needed it to save it, but it was what kind of just chilled everybody out when they were watching, you know, and they're like, who are these people? Ah, this movie's fun and blah, blah, blah. And then you're you're in. Uh, so that's good. I'm looking forward to that, but I I think I would I should have watched those in the opposite order. I think I would have been more excited for Shang-Chi if I would have watched that before the Halloween kills, just because, like I said, that one was meant to like ignite certain parts of the brain, uh, and it did. Uh, but we have one more trailer for you, and it's not a new trailer. It is an old trailer, because we have to announce our next movie in the Summer, Summer of, of Sequels. Did I do it? Did it echo? Or did I forget in editing? We'll see. But yeah, we've uh, got a really good lineup. I'm very proud of the lineup we've got for our uh, for our sequels. Uh, I just want to announce, though, that we are going to be foregoing our usual um, best of and uh, outtakes episodes 
this year, at least for now, just because we've filled up the entire summer uh, with episodes. Uh, we might find a way to sneak them in there somewhere, or at least a few, just as a little bit of a teaser, maybe towards like the end of the year. Uh, we'll give you a, a little bit of that. But uh, especially now when we have a video version, it's everything's a little bit different. So uh, stay tuned for all that. You'll still get the compilations someday. But uh, right now we're working ahead to a point where we've got movies for uh, every other week right now. So we're going to continue on that. And I might actually have a line on a one final sequel that'll actually bleed more into September. Uh, but it'll still be before summer is officially over be before the 21st. So, um, I'm still trying to get that locked down though. Stay tuned. Uh, but the movie we are doing next. So we did back to the future two last time. This time we are taking on another fun romp adventure of people who know how to time travel and are teens and know how to party and are pretty sick on the air guitar. Let's all say station for Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Let's take a look at the trailer. I have a feeling we're about to embark upon a most unprecedented expedition. Once they made history. I must see to it that you die. Now, they are history. Bill and Ted are dead. Welcome to hell. It's the Grim Reaper, dude. How's it hanging, Death? But they're having one hell of a time. This is not what I expected this place to look like at all. We got totally lied to by our album covers, man. Taking in the sights. Not bad, dude. We totally knew a guy got one of those in his bucket of chicken. Making new friends. Excuse us, dude. But is there any way we can get back? You may challenge me to a contest. J7. You have sunk my battleship. Best two out of three. What? Enjoying the family. No way! Invading the present. I totally possess my dad. Battling <laughs> the future. You metal, dude! Excuse us, but your shoes are untied. Can't believe you just mailed him death! And meeting their maker. Guy? Congratulations on Earth! Not to mention your other great planets. Mars, Jupiter, Uranus. It's the comeback of all time. Bill and Ted's bogus journey. It's a trip. Best of seven? Damn right! Ah, oh, dude! Left hand red. Ah, yeah! Bill and Ted's bogus journey all right so uh bill and ted's bogus journey we are taking it on and it was a lot of fun to uh record that one we did a little while ago um i'm trying to think I think that was the last one we recorded before we were actually allowed to get back together. So I think you'll see that one. And then the next couple that you'll see that we've recorded, we were actually in the same room for the first time in a very long time. So that's going to be exciting. Uh, so you're just going to have to stare at my mug again while you listen to Todd for the most part anyways. Uh, and yeah, 
So we have that to look forward to. Uh, something that's going on tonight that hasn't happened just yet, but is going to in within about an hour of as I record this, uh, Conan O'Brien is uh, his last episode of late night TV is going to air. And uh, it hit me really hard, not like super emotionally hard, but just kind of like that void is going to be there kind of hit me. And Conan has been such a huge thing in my life. And Todd would say the same, I assure you. Um, He's a guy who, for most people who, you know, learned about him and came onto him in late night, were unaware of his writing career. Uh, People who don't know, which I, God knows who that would be. But if you don't know, he was a writer on The Simpsons during what most people would consider its heyday. Uh, He wrote the monorail episode, which most people consider to be, you know, like a standard episode of The Simpsons. Like a bar against which all the others are uh, compared. And he wrote a lot of other ones, too. He's also the reason that uh, Selma's iguana is named Jub-Jub. That's, you know, that's an accomplishment in and of itself, I guess. He was also a writer on Saturday Night Live during the, you know, uh, Mike Myers, uh, Dana Carvey, Kevin Nealon, like that kind of uh, time period and just great stories. And... Then his late night show, the the original late night show, was, you know, in its way groundbreaking. Uh, What Letterman was to a whole generation of people, what Carson was to a whole generation of people, Conan was to our generation. He did it different. He did it his own way. I feel like he had a lot more Carson in him than Letterman. And I feel like comics were more inclined to want to impress Conan over Letterman. I think that Letterman, when he was in his 1135 spot, it was probably a more uh, viable spot. But most of the comics I love, I discovered on Conan. I discovered Mitch Hedberg on Conan. I discovered Pete Holmes on Conan. I discovered Jim Gaffigan on Conan. Uh, just everybody, Mike Kaplan, who has been on this show. Uh, these people had so many nice things to say about him. I've been on Twitter all day and just, you know, person after person just talking about their wonderful times with him and what a great guy he he actually was and how giving he was and just what a brilliant comedian he was and their effect on him. And, you know, that same effect on, on me. It was really funny, the uh, video that I saw somebody play Uh, It's a video I've seen a billion times, and it was actually something I got to see live to the Walker Texas Ranger lever, which was a, you know, very popular skit of his where you just pull a lever and then just some no-context Walker Texas Ranger scene would play. But the funniest one, which was uh, Haley Joel Osment was in it, and he's standing next to Walker, and an old man asks him a question, he answers it, and then he just pauses and looks up at Walker and then looks back at the old man and says, Walker told me I have AIDS. That's the scene. And then Conan takes that 
15 seconds and then creates like a four minute reaction out of it that just makes it all the comedy in the world. I mean, just my, some of my favorite moments uh, where he kisses Rebecca Romaine and then he has his freak out on stage uh, where he like slams the chair down and he's just going crazy. That was a wonderful one. Uh, any field piece he has ever done, I suggest you go to, I think it's still up and running, Conan25.com. Uh, it's got, I think, I think it's like a hundred of his field pieces, if not more. It might be all the field pieces, if I'm not mistaken, but everything he ever did when he went to Ireland was genius. When he went to the Guinness... Um, was it the Guinness factory? I believe so. Uh, he went to some Irish step dancing place at like a community center. All of his Conan Without Borders. What else? Uh, when Andy went to Woodstock. And I, I could go on forever. I could just gush and gush and gush. But uh, Todd and I used to discuss him at length and just laugh and re-laugh at the things. We'd both be watching it the night before, and then we'd be talking about it the next morning and laughing just as hard as when we saw it the first time. Uh, his old, like, channel surfing sketch where uh, it was, like, the uh, inappropriate channel and, the like, the rock star played by Brian Stack. Uh, so something really inappropriate would happen. The guy would say, mm, this is good coffee, and the next guy would go, hmm. Thank God for Saddam Hussein. And then it would just, guy would just rock out. And go, Inappropriate. And just stuff like that. It was just... Uh, it was ridiculous. And when you try to explain it to somebody else who doesn't just get it and doesn't know Conan like, like the other fans do, you explain that stuff to them and they just think that you're ridiculous you're just what are you talking about uh but we all got it and we knew and he spoke to us in a way that i don't know somebody put it really well today i don't know who it was it was conan was something that you could claim for yourself so i think i started watching him probably around his second year only because i'm of the age where it's like i wasn't watching late night television when i was like 11 and 12 but around 13, you would fall into it from time to time. And that's where I came across him, and I'd see random like chunks of him and stuff like that. And it was just... Everything was just always so out there. Like, Triumph the Insult Comic Dog couldn't happen on Leno. Uh, you know, the Masturbating Bear wouldn't happen on Letterman. And even the new guys today, they all are their own things now. But it feels very homogenous. I think that, you know, not even judging their comedy or their abilities or anything like that. It's just they've found this groove and they're in it. And Conan never wanted a groove and never fell into a groove. He just, you know, he was just like a lightning bolt of comedy where you, you couldn't catch him if you tried. And I'm going to miss having him on TV all the time. Now... I remind myself and I remind everybody else that he's not retired. He's going to be doing a show on HBO Max, I believe it is, or HBO, just period. But 
my understanding, or at least my original understanding, we talked about this a long time ago on another uh, Coming Attractions episode, was that uh, he was going to be splitting up a lot of the things that he was doing and producing them as separate things. Like, they were talking about doing a completely separate Clueless Gamer thing, which may have fallen through, but I don't know. Uh, he wants to continue Conan Without Borders, so I imagine that HBO will help let that happen. Uh, that's something that they can fund at a more grand level than TBS could, so he'll be able to do more of them in a year if that's what he wants to do. Um, but I really don't know what he's going to do in, in the end. I mean, those are things they talked about, but who knows? Maybe he'll do some of that and some of like what Letterman's doing where he has like the sit down interviews. Maybe Conan O'Brien needs a friend becomes like a show just beyond a podcast. Uh, I highly recommend too, by the way, I just listened to the John Krasinski episode of that best story ever of how somebody treats an intern. Uh, I'll just to say at one point, Conan put John Krasinski, a young boy, John, John Krasinski into a wall uh, in a funny way. Don't worry, he wasn't being an asshole. But uh, just the story. And as they tell it, like it would sound awful to just hear this story, but to hear John Krasinski tell the story as the person who experienced it, you hear the kind of just sheer joy of it. And man, <laughs> I don't know, it's tough. It's, you know, I've been remembering back over the last couple of weeks. And I thought about, uh, you know, one of the first things that really, like, brought me to, like, tears uh, as far as, like, a nonfiction kind of thing in a for TV or movie or what have you. There was the uh, last episode when Andy Richter left Late Night. And I remember, like, it was sad and it was whatever, and I wasn't reacting in any kind of way while the whole episode was going on. They were playing a lot of his greatest moments, and I'm like, oh, man, great moments, blah, blah, blah. And then right at the end, Conan was saying something, saying something nice about Andy, and you just hear a little, just the smallest little catch in his voice that you can hear he's stopping himself from crying. And the second I heard that, just waterworks. And... I don't know. I'm so deeply ingrained and so many people, I, you know, this is not me claiming him for just me. I, you know, go on Twitter and every single person under the age of like 43 is just all over Conan and just what they, what he meant to them and what he's going to continue to mean to everybody. And so many comics, Again, like I said, just they adored Conan for how he helped them. And, you know, he'd have them on the panel and let them do bits. And that Sarah Silverman talked a lot about that one from when she was working on Saturday Night Live back in the day. It was It was the same year he started as when she started on Saturday Night Live. So uh, you owe it to yourself to kind of like float around uh, on the internet this weekend, you know, even if you're just in the bathroom and just find some, you know, favorite Conan stories and people and stuff like that. It's, uh, it's well worth it. Uh, but on that, I'm going to say goodnight, uh, say thank you again to Conan and to Andy and everybody who's ever been involved in the show, Brian Stack, John Glazer, even Louis CK. I'm, yeah, I know, but, 
You know, he had a big part in it. Robert Smigel, uh, Dino Stamatopoulos, you know, Starburns from Community, if you didn't know, but he was a uh, writer on Conan in the original, in the, in the old days. Uh, I said the Brian Stack and all them, uh, you know, Amy Poehler was on the show back in the day as like, like an actress. Uh, Andy Daly was on a bunch of stuff. Chris Gethard did stuff like these are all people who, you know, just mean everything. And then when you hear about, uh, again, the interns, so John Krasinski was one, uh, who else was Angela Kinsey from the office and Ellie Kemper from the office were all interns on Conan. Uh, I had heard at one point Mindy Kaling was too, but I don't believe that that's true. I haven't seen anything that actually verified that. But, you know, it also makes sense, though, because these are people, like, he was very close friends and still is very close friends with Greg Daniels, who created The Office. So, you know, it's a good way to get in, I guess. But uh, just my thanks to everybody on that show. And, you know, bless them and whatever they're doing, you know, it sounds like everybody with the show still has a job. I don't really know. I guess Andy doesn't. Uh, we'll see. But it's, uh, yeah, it's a real bummer. And I hate to end on such a bummer, but we got to end somewhere. So uh, as always, find us at miscastcommentary.com. Email us podcast at miscastcommentary.com. Uh, on Twitter, we're at miscastpodcast. I'm at Joe. Ah, nope. I'm at, on Twitter, we're at Miscast Podcast. I'm at Miscast Joe. Todd's at Miscast Todd. Uh, don't forget to check out my uh, YouTube. Like I said, you can search Miscast Joe and find me there. Uh, TikTok, we're on now uh, at Miscast Commentary, and I'm at Miscast Joe there. Uh, Instagram, we're not as active on Instagram as we used to be, but some pictures float up from time to time. So if you have room in your little followers column, or following column, what have you, uh, you know, by all means, add us at Miscast Commentary, and I'm at uh, Miscast Joe there as well. Uh, lots of love, guys. We're going to have a real fun week next week with uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And, uh, yeah, catch you next time. This has been Miscast Commentary with your hosts, Joe Finley and Todd Murray. Executive producer, Joe Finley. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Visit www.miscastcommentary.com for all news related to the podcast. Miscast Commentary is a Miscast Media Production.